Welcome to this podcast of the Episcopal Church of the Good Shepherd in Venice, Florida. It is the fifth Sunday of Lent, and you will hear Father Joe Hudson speak on the Epistle of Today, Philippians 3, 4-14. As you listen, see if you can answer some of these questions. The questions, 1. What is the lesson about Christian life? that we can learn from runner Eric Little. 2. Is there a better word than goal or perfection in Philippians? And 3. How do we know we are in the race of growth and wholeness? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 1924 Olympics, Paris, France. The 400-yard preliminary heats were well on their way. One after another, each man either advanced or sadly experienced the heartbreak of not making the cut. Among the next to be tested was a young, promising missionary Scotsman. He lined up with others to his right and to his left. The muscles of every athlete were coiled tight, ready to explode at the sound of the gun. Bang! Each man rocketed forward. The group bunched tightly together. At the first turn, Eric Little tripped over the legs of the Englishman J.J. Gillies next to him, sending Little sprawling to the ground and off the track. By the time he was back on his feet, the rest of the pack was 30 yards ahead and moving fast. A gasp spread across the stands. Everyone now knew that the Scotsman was out of the race. Everyone knew that, except Eric Little. To the shock of the crowd, Little jumped to his feet and began to move forward, his pace increasing with each step. Soon he was in a dead run. Then his run became a sprint, but now he seemed to be moving even faster. Little was flying down the track with the determination of a madman. He quickly gained ground on the other runners, passing them one at a time. J.J. Gillies was in the lead as they approached the finish line. Little was coming on fast, his body turbocharged by some superhuman inner force of will. In the last couple yards, Little caught and then passed the Englishman as he broke the tape. Never had a crowd seen such a feat of passion and determination. Well, Little was a rare breed of athlete. You see, most runners, given Little's situation, would have seen the writing on the wall. They would have quit, knowing that the laws of physics and the limitations of the human body were against them. They would have remained heartbroken there in the grass, crushed 
by the inevitable reality. Their hope of Olympic glory was now dashed, but not Eric Little. He defied the laws of physics and of the human body. Running a race with the determination to win is not an easy endeavor. It requires discipline and dedication. The Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Philippi, I have not yet reached the goal, but I press on, straining towards what lies ahead. I press towards the finish line to win the heavenly prize to which God has called me in Christ Jesus. Paul compares the Christian life to that of a runner in a marathon race, a runner who trains long, hard hours, running on the flats and the hills, long distances, sprints and intervals, sculpting every vital muscle to perfection with one goal in mind, to not only compete in the race, but hopefully to win. In order to accomplish this feat, the runner must train not only physically, but mentally and emotionally as well, pushing through the pain, the limitations of the physical body, and the monotony of mile after pounding mile on the pavement. Well, whether you recognize it or not, you and I are in this race. The Apostle Paul knew it. He said that he presses on towards the finish line, towards the goal. Other translations say that Paul is pressing on towards perfection, goal or perfection. The problem with using the word goal is that it focuses our attention on the end of the race rather than the journey towards that end, as if how we travel this life's journey doesn't really matter all that much as long as we reach the goal. In other words, it may not be a pretty race as long as we reach the goal. That's what matters. The other word frequently used, perfection, falls short of the intended meaning as well. Perfection is defined as being free of faults and defects. It focuses on negative moral defects we need to avoid. Well, as Christians, we may work on these defects by focusing on the teachings of the Ten Commandments or the list of defects listed in Galatians. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasure, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, and wild parties. But Paul is speaking here of overcoming more than male moral failures. Is there a better word than goal or perfection in speaking of the Christian race we run? Bishop Tom Wright offers us a different translation of this passage that helps us to understand what Paul is getting at in this discussion of the Christian race. Here is the bishop's translation. I'm not implying that I've already become complete and mature. No, I'm hurrying on, eager to overtake it. A better concept than goal or perfection are the words complete and mature. One other good word choice is the word whole. So we could translate this verse, it is not that I have already achieved this. I have not yet reached maturity and wholeness, but I press on hoping to one day take hold of that completeness. 
the purpose of this life as followers of Jesus Christ is to continually grow in maturity towards human wholeness, to return to our original state. You see, when you and I were cute little bundles of joy and had just been born, we were initially good and innocent. But the problem is that we were born into a flawed, imperfect world. To flawed, imperfect parents and teachers and playmates and friends. And yes, there is evil in the world and selfishness and willfulness. We are all molded and formed in flawed ways. Because of this, there is a need for all of us to continually grow towards God's original and still final design for each of us. To move towards wholeness and maturity in faith and in all our relationships. This requires the work of God within us, molding us, shaping us, stretching us, changing us, breaking us, rebuilding us, transforming us. This is the hard work of training for this marathon race that we are in. And yet there is a problem that some people may not recognize that they are in this race, and that we are supposed to be training for this race. You see, some who claim the name of Christ settle for a little easier, more comfortable existence. They may think that as long as the church service is to my liking, the preaching good. I'm looking out, you know, I talked about the race. I'm looking for 9.8, 10.0. <laughs> and the people are nice enough and the rector is a good shepherd, then all is well. Well, some may have lost sight of the importance of the word discipleship, of the need to grow in the Christian faith and to grow as human beings towards spiritual, social, and psychological wholeness. This kind of work and training, it requires uh, not, what it requires is not always comfortable and easy and not always to our liking. But it is a joyous journey nonetheless. But it is also something uncomfortable and hard at times. That's why I earlier referred to the process of molding us, shaping us, stretching us, changing us, breaking us, and rebuilding us. But you see, the benefits of this work are amazing. We benefit in growth and development and maturity and wholeness Jesus summed up the eventual goal of our training in this Christian race when he said this, Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love all human beings as much as you love yourself. This can only be accomplished through learning and study and socializing and practicing regular spiritual disciplines such as confession and prayer and giving and scripture reading. The Message Bible translates today's passage this way. I'm not saying that I have this all together, that I have it made, but I am well on my way, reaching out for Christ, who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself as an expert in all of this, but I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus I'm often running, and I'm not turning back. 
So let's keep focused on that goal, those of us who want everything God has for us. May you and I, may each of us be off and running towards everything that God has for us. Amen. The questions, one, what is the lesson about Christian life that we can learn from runner Eric Little? Two, is there a better word than goal or perfection in Philippians? And three, how do we know we are in the race of growth and wholeness?